Hi there, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining the first podcast blog post of 2023. I'll be doing this each week now so that if you'd rather listen, then there's a podcast series waiting for you. But do go on the website and look at the pictures and go to the links because there's loads of extra info on there too. So number one of 2023, New Year's Mess Solution. Planting pregnancy and post-it notes. This year, we decided to spend the New Year New Start gym membership money on post-it notes. The whiteboard just wasn't big enough for what we aimed to achieve come January the 3rd, when we decided to get a grip on the chaos of our projects, on business and life in general. Inspired by Anna's experience of work planning retreats, she led our inaugural annual planning meeting with the support of the sticky paper colours yellow, pink, green and blue. And in the pursuit of strict structure and prioritisation, we almost ran out of yellow. Everything was on the table and then stuck to the windows and then transferred into a spreadsheet as we divvied it all up and got a head start on 2023. Things have been getting away from us. And after putting back on all that weight I'd lost last year with my springtime strimming frenzy, we had everything from pulling up a stevish rock rose and moving rocks to getting Anna's driving licence and designing interiors. This is the year of action, after all. This time last year, we took a different approach. Last year, we took a different tack, rejecting the whole wholesome approach and doubling down when we hashtag took back January with Mr Piggywig's parade. And that was fun. Do have a look at that on the website if you've got time. But with an effing dishwasher problem still to solve, a pump to buy for our disappointing and expensive new hole, and measuring how many hundred metres of three-phase armoured electrical cable we need and where we can buy it cheap, there's no time for pig roasting. In my first step towards a clean living, booze-light January, I made sure the rest of the Christmas cake was eaten as soon as possible, and all the chocolates polished off so I could start cutting back without any distractions. Bread is out, intermittent fasting and aggressive dog walking is in. We need to be in tip-top shape, after all, for the largest expansion of the Valley family so far. It turns out Val Kilmer is pregnant. For those a podcast or two behind and confused by this unexpected Hollywood update, Val Kilmer is the odour-named cat we rescued from a restaurant clifftop, and the vet says we've got less than two weeks before anything from two to six kittens pops out. No wonder she's been hungry. Valkyrie Kilmouse, to give her full name, has now successfully imposed herself on Simon and Garfunkel and is turning into a wonderfully sweet indoor-outdoor household cat. Let's see how she does as a teenage mother, as she can't be more than a year old. The post-it notes naturally arrange themselves into sections like building project, landscaping, guesthouse improvement, that kind of thing, and then were ordered by quarter, one to four, and priority, one to three. Top of the list, beyond the usual post-holiday catch-up admin, was planting trees to make use of that continuing and very welcome rain and getting Anna's driving licence sorted. Now that has been a drama. One small yellow post-it note just doesn't seem enough for the weight of that task in hand. Anna's had a driving licence for more than 10 years, and other than needing a few lessons in non-automatic cars, courtesy of learning to drive in L.A., is good to go. 
Although her US license expired a while back, her Kenyan license and international permit from our last posting meant we didn't foresee any problem. But it seems Kenya didn't sign the right UN treaty in the 1960s. I know, maybe they were too busy getting independence or something. And so Portugal still doesn't recognise a Kenyan licence. And so the only option is to take a new test here. How hard could that be? Well, it turns out 28 theory classes and 32 driving lessons are obligatory preparation for any test, even for those who can already drive. And although the package costs less than in most other European countries, it's a lot of time and effort. And Portugal's Highway Codebook is a monstrous document of amateur psychology, sweeping generalisations about how much more aggressive male drivers are than women, and a lot of ambiguity. Anna's been caning it on the studies, and we'll be taking Susie the Suzuki out for some clutch practice, so hopefully we'll soon be up in Lisbon for some proper practical lessons and a shorter waiting list for a test than down here in the country. Under Outdoor Projects Quarter 1 Priority 1 was Order Trees for Spring and Seed Terrace. And so we began the search for a source of plants. A great Facebook group tip-off pointed us towards a plant nursery up in Monchique Mountain called Viveros de Niche. And so we headed for the hills with our neighbour Daniel, who's always on the lookout for new plants. Linking up with Swiss pals, Niels and the particularly green-fingered Sibylle, we ticked off the vegetables before moving on to a meat main course at Donna Paola's Wild Boar, Wild Boar restaurant and dropped by a fabulously crazy sculpture garden for dessert. We learned a lot about the different types of local olives, the best for eating, the best for making oil. We're told we needed permission to plant cork oak and pine nuts from the town hall and were kept well away from citrus saplings curiously sealed off in double plastic tunnels. It turns out there's a major threat to Iberian citrus trees, which, if established, could wipe out Portugal and Spain's orchards in just 15 years. That's a lot of lost oranges. This week's rabbit hole is Huanglongbing disease, HLB, also known as citrus greening, and is caused by Candidatus liberibacter, a bacterium spread by insects. The guilty sap-sucking psyllid is a little blighter called Triosa eritrea, I believe, and it's been spreading down the Portuguese coast for the last 10 years. We're lucky the citrus-greening bacteria hasn't followed it yet, but the Life for Citrus programme fears it's only a matter of time. The disease has no known cure, and the current means of control has a high economic and environmental cost that is incompatible with European production systems, the EU-funded body warns. Presumably, that meaning you have to rip them all out. It explains why some fields of oranges near the coast from us have gone unharvested, and we hear they're destined for destruction. We'll certainly be buying some citrus trees to plant on our new terrace, but now we'll be very much aware of the dangers and what the early signs to look out for are. Daniel went plant crazy as usual. Niels and Sibylla chose four types of apricot tree and we picked up a few fast-growing melaleuca to help privatise our guesthouse while we plot, scheme, order and return with a trailer this week or next to get the trees and get planting. I'd love to linger longer and bore you with the minutes of our latest building meeting and the findings of our PVC factory day out, but there's post-it notes to tear through, tick off, scrunch up and use to start the fire. But I definitely think we're going to need a lot more yellow ones.